good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Tonight we have a special call, special show here tonight uh, on an update with uh, the free Leonard Peltier, and uh, we say that at the end of each show. And I just want to uh, really quick uh, give a quick shout-out to one of our uh, supporters here, Min, uh, Minsure. This portion is uh, brought to you by Minsure. Uh, Need healthy insurance? Minsure has a plan that covers your family's doctors and visits. Visit mnsure.org and find free help. So again, thank you so much, uh, Minsure, for supporting us and the, these uh, these uh, things that we talk about here. Um, hey, I have Rachel Thunder here with me, and who's with American Indian Movement, and also was uh, one of the leaders. And I always say the leader of the Leonard Peltier Walk for Freedom. And we also have uh, Kevin Sharp on tonight, the lawyer uh, for Leonard Peltier. And I just want, before we get going here, I just want to read uh, just the first paragraph here of an article that was uh, sent to me by Rachel. It says, the FBI's uh, repeated opposition of the release of Leonard Peltier is driven by uh, vindictiveness and misplaced loyalties, according to former senior agent close to the case, FBI agent um, close to the case, who uh, is the first agency insider to call for clemency for the indigenous rights activist who has been held in the U.S. maximum security prison for almost five decades. And Rachel, uh, come on on here. Um, I want you to kind of take over the show here because this is a uh, well, no. All right. Well, I'll take, I'll let you take over just a little bit, but, um, let's talk about what's going on and, and the excitement that I feel like, uh, is in the air. So I welcome you to, and welcome Rachel. Hello. And thank you for having us on the show. I am Plains Cree, Nihio Nihiawak Treaty 6. My name is Rachel Thunder. And, uh, like Robert mentioned, I was the lead organizer for the Walk to Justice, which was a 1,103-mile walk that we just completed uh, in November. We started on September the 1st here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and walked uh, to Washington, D.C. to advocate and raise awareness to the case of Leonard Paltier and this continued injustice that um, now has been going, almost happening now for five decades. And so, you know, me and Robert stay in touch um, to, you know, get updates and news and um, some of the work that continues to happen um, behind the scenes for clemency for Elder Peltier. And so we wanted to invite Kevin Sharp on, who's Leonard Peltier's lawyer. And I'm going to let uh, Kevin introduce himself. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you, Robert, for having us on the show again. Uh, it's, it's really important um, to keep getting the word out there, make sure every no one forgets that Leonard's there, right? After 48 years, nearly 50 years, a lot of his supporters have, have moved on and have died or, you know, and, and there's a whole new group of people that need to learn this story. So I'm a, a former federal judge, um, now practicing law again in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I came across this case, wasn't that familiar with it. When the events happened, I was 12. I was 12 years old when when Pine Ridge happened in 75. Um, and unless you live in that world, you don't really hear about it. And I didn't know the history. I didn't know really about the events. And the file was sent to me. And and I read that and and digested that file as a former federal judge and as a lawyer who had taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution. That then, as I read through that, just kind of floored me that this was happening and, and continued to happen, right? It was, I, I understood the history of, of uh, 
you know, the FBI and its misconduct uh, across this country back in the 60s and 70s really didn't think that it was still going on to that extent. And, uh, you know, boy, was I wrong. And, and this, this article uh, where FBI agent Colleen Rowley has come out could not be more of an insider. She's an insider's insider to understand the, the workings of the FBI. I think, you know, I understood the workings of the criminal justice system and the federal judiciary. And so that gave me a unique insight into what was happening and helped me really um, understand immediately the misconduct. And, and you know, that, that got me worked up. Colleen Rowley, Agent Rowley, understands the working of the FBI. And that's what makes this so important. So sorry, Rachel, you said introduce myself. I really, it's hard for me to separate who I am from what I do at this point, because Leonard's case has really consumed me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and partly because it's Leonard and partly because of what it represents uh, across this nation. So it, yeah. it really is who I am now at this point, yeah. for better or for worse. I, complete, I completely understand that and, and empathize with that, Kevin. Um, and, you know, and I want to stay on topic, too. You know, and Robert read that opening um, paragraph of the article that came, I believe, from The Guardian. Um, and so that interview, you know, when I when you told me at first that uh, Colleen Rowley, this retired FBI agent from the Minneapolis field office back in the day, was, you know, willing to have a conversation. And then that Nick Estes with the Red Nation and uh, a committee member of the Leonard Paltier Defense Committee was going to interview, interview her. You know, I was um, I was pretty surprised, um, it, but it was a pleasant surprise. And I don't know if Robert, if you've had a chance to watch that interview or our audience who's listening in right now, you can watch that interview. It's on YouTube. Um, and then it's also posted on the Leonard Paltier Walk to Justice page, and there's different articles and things that you can find to find that link. But, you know, there was a few things in that interview that I really found um, not surprising, but interesting and um, refreshing to actually hear it said by a retired FBI agent that was in a field office during that time. Um, you know, and she when she's first introducing herself, you know, she was talking about like the reasons that she joined the FBI and she brought up the word justice. And this, this word has been echoing around in my life now for a couple of years, you know, cause we, we hosted the walk to justice and, you know, we were asking for justice for Leonard Paltier through clemency, but we were also asking for justice for our people, for indigenous people and for all people. And, you know, she cited justice as the reason that she joined the FBI, that she was, you know, kind of fed this this narrative of noble causes. But as she slowly, um, you know, completed her career until she retired, she said that, you know, she goes through this interview and she lists these um, systemic uh, policies that have that were flawed and um, that organizationally that they were on the wrong track and, you know, talks about all of these different flaws in the FBI. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest points to me that she, you know, goes into is that basically, you know, as government employees, as appointed agency officials, that they should not be able to legally to spend time lobbying because they're under taxpayer dollars and you know so you have this this system government institution that is um going against their reduced first amendment rights and not having equal justice and how some of their employees and agents are held accountable versus people like leonard paltier and we can go a little bit more the break <laughs> yeah right on oh you're getting you're getting good at this rachel she <laughs> knows the break's coming up awesome hey this is a special show tonight uh free leonard peltier we're with kevin sharp lawyer for leonard peltier rachel thunder with american indian movement and big supporter with the leonard peltier walk for justice we'll be right back after this short break please stay with us COVID-19 is still here. 
it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help you protect yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. Get your booster at the 360 Colburn Clinic, operated by St. Paul Ramsey County Public Health, for a chance to win one of five $500 Visa gift cards. Each week in January, a winner will be selected from eligible persons age 5 and up who got their COVID-19 booster. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash booster. Getting vaccinated doesn't have to be boring. The Department of Indian Works St. Paul is having a COVID-19 community vaccine event on Friday, January 27th that will feature music, crafts, art vendors, and more. Not only will you get to enjoy some great art, but you'll also receive $50 of gift card incentives when you get your shot. So protect yourself from COVID while having some fun enjoying Minnesota's vibrant indigenous art scene. Again, that's Friday, January January 27th from 3 until 7 at the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center in St. Paul. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Mincher helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Mincher? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Mincher.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of Native Roots Radio is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And, uh, you know, Leonard's been fighting for many, many years, and this is a special edition of Native Roots Radio, a free Leonard Peltier update. I have uh, Leonard Peltier's lawyer, Kevin Sharp, and uh, Rachel Thunder with the American Indian Movement, and also the leader of the Leonard Peltier Walk for Justice. And uh, this is a really exciting show for me. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, Rachel and, and and Kevin, that we had a lot of momentum in the early 90s about freeing Leonard. Leonard was on 60 Minutes. There was documentaries, uh, you know, actors and activists were into it. And, you know, we even had a movie kind of based on AIM and Leonard, uh, Thunderheart, uh, that I just watched a few days ago. Um, it's exciting that we're we're uh, going through this again. And I know I had an opportunity to talk to Leonard. He called me uh, and I, I got to interview him that they're really pressing on him and meaning that press can't go in and really talk to him like they did before. He was on 60 Minutes. And so th- there's just all this monkey business going on. And I, and we have uh, uh, people that were part of the murder of George Floyd who are were convicted of uh, aiding and abetting and that are going to be out in 18 months. So, Mark, uh, justice, injustice, uh, again, welcome, you guys. Yeah, well, y- you know... <clears throat> I think the difference is, and you really hit on it, there was this movement in the 90s. But I but I don't think that the audience and, you know, your audience is going to be the White House, but it's also, you know, the, the public out there really understood and was ready to listen to this. So much has changed. Um, <clears throat> you know, for an old guy like me, the 90s seemed like yesterday, but... <laughs> You know, you're talking about 25, 30 years ago that that these things were happening, at least, you know, over 20. And the world has changed. I think that this country better understands um, the injustice that the United States committed against the indigenous peoples. And they're ready to listen to that. I think the world better understands or, or really has an awakening to the boarding schools. And I realize that there are people who are listening to this going, well, how did you not know about that? 
I mean, you know, we lived with that. It was part of it was part of our DNA, that trauma that we carry. But for those of us who weren't inside that world, we didn't hear about it. We didn't know about it. And and it's all coming up again. And we now realize that Leonard and his family and his little sister were directly affected by that when they were kidnapped at nine and and, and his sister was six and experienced that horror and that trauma. So that Pine Ridge doesn't become about this 10 minute shootout. It becomes about the hundreds of years that led up to it. And the world is, is ready to listen to that. And I think we have a president who understands that, not completely maybe, and not the way the, the people who live there can understand it, but certainly better than any prior president has been able to understand that. And, you know, hopefully has a, a, a desire to fix it. At least, at least change it. You can't fix it completely. It's been 50 years, but at least change the course that we're on and, and you know, start that healing process. Perfect. And Rachel, you know, we're on uh, 11 stations in Wisconsin live. Uh, we're on Civic Media Network and all over uh, uh, Minnesota here with AM 950. And I think it's so important that you bring this up and bring uh, Kevin to the show because a lot of our white allies don't know the whole true story, and uh, and they are they are hearing it now. I think I think you're on mute. Uh, there you go, Rachel. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that uh, you know is a good point, Robert, and it it brings up a, a topic that you know, we, we wanted to bring here to the show and to all of your listeners um, here in Minnesota and in Wisconsin, um, February the 6th this year of 2023 is going to be um, the 47th year anniversary of when Leonard Paltier was originally arrested. So we're talking nearly five decades, you know, 47 years. Um, and in collaboration with some of the, the call out from the Leonard Paltier Defense Committee, um, we are going to be hosting a rally here in Minneapolis, Minnesota on February the 6th, 2023 at noon central at the United States District Courthouse at the federal courthouse here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, we're going to have a few um, speakers from the local community. Um, myself, uh, Nick Estes, and different people involved, uh, you know, with the movement to free Leonard Paltier. So, you know, I want to invite everybody to come and support on that day in a show of solidarity. Yeah, that's excellent. And I definitely uh, want to have Rachel and Kevin on again before that, too. And I plan on going down back to a wounded knee, too, because that's the 50th anniversary this year, and I'll be I'll be heading down there uh, again this year, and I had the opportunity uh, before COVID to go down there with uh, with uh, uh, Clyde Belcourt and uh, got to, to meet um, you know some great spiritual leaders, Crow Dog, who's who's left us too. Um, so we have 50 years uh, of um, you know the wounded knee, which really uh, is really been a hallmark for American Indian movement, but also the movement um, that really uh, preceded Standing Rock, which became an awesome movement. Um, Rachel, uh, what what can anybody, well, I'll put this to Kevin. Kevin, what can uh, people do? And I know Leonard talked about letters being uh, postcards and millions. What can uh, people that are listening do to, uh, to support your efforts, but also <laughs> to um, reach out to whomever? Well, you know, thanks for asking that question. It, um, I saw earlier, uh, Dawn had asked a question about how Leonard's doing. Um, he's, he's 78 years old. Um, he has been, you know, 48 of his 40, or 47 of his 48 years have been in a uh, maximum security prison, not the best place for healthcare. Those are tough years. He's, he's not doing well. Um, and the White House needs to know, you know, what can people do? Call the White House, write the White House, right? Send the postcards. They listen to, to 
the constituents, right? That's what this has been about. You have a, a constituency of the president who has been opposed to clemency, and that's the FBI. They're an agency, but they're also a constituency. The, the White House and the president need to hear from the people. So anyone who is, you know, in support of Leonard needs to call the White House. They need to write the White House. They need to send emails. They, but they also need to do that with their federal representatives, the, their members of the House and the Senate, because they are also constituents of the president and the president needs to hear from them. The, the U.S. members of the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives need to know that their constituents care about this. Right. We can't sit around in our houses, wringing our hands, talking about what a shame it is. You know, what a shame that we can't speak honestly about the, the inner workings of the FBI. Well, that doesn't, you know, that, OK, but that doesn't do any good. Someone has to know that you care. Somebody has to know that you oppose that, that you're outraged by that, that you are outraged that Leonard Peltier still sits in a maximum security prison. And that people need to understand that. Right. There are different levels of security within the Bureau of Prisons. If you're in a max, it says you are a danger. You're a danger to the to the community. You're a danger to other prisoners. Well, this is ridiculous. He is 78 years old and, and you know, uses a walker to get around. He's got an aortic aneurysm that could kill him at any moment. He's got diabetes. He's got, you know, heart conditions. He's not a danger to anyone. And so if you want to talk about vendettas, why does the Bureau of Prisons keep him classified as a maximum security threat? They know he's not. Every year they, they, they have unit managers in the particular prison that you're in, right? So it, he's in Coleman. There will be people who are in charge of, of his case. So there'll be a case manager and there'll be a supervisor over the unit. and There'll be a counselor. Those individuals who know him best, keep sending in the material to headquarters saying Leonard Peltier is not a threat. Leonard Peltier's health is such that he needs to be in a facility that can care for him, lower his classification, and let's move him. That would also give him the opportunity to take advantage of the one of the benefits of the First Step Act, which is the default should be to house prisoners within 500 miles of their home, which means they could move him if he lowered his classification closer to uh, the uh, reservation, the, the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Reservation, move him closer to where his friends and family live so they can visit him. Why are they not doing that? There's no rational reason for that. It's it's because they, they want to continue to punish him. Hmm. So, you know, the White House needs to know if you're listening to this, if you're reading about Leonard, if you care about justice, you need to let the White House know. You need to let your senators, your representatives know this is unacceptable and should not be tolerated in a country that that seems to pride itself on its you know equal justice under law. I'm not seeing it in Leonard Peltier's case. Hey, you're listening to a special edition of Native Roots Radio, Free Leonard Peltier Update. I'm with the lawyer of Free of Leonard Peltier, Kevin Sharp, and American Indian Movement uh, member, Rachel Thunder. And we're going to be right back. And I kind of want to uh, talk a little bit, ask Rachel about how she started and how, uh, you know, she got really interested in this, other than the obvious reason, <laughs> obvious stuff. We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Winter is reading season. These long, frigid nights are perfect for getting cozy with a new book, and Next Chapter Booksellers can help. The friendly staff are great at making recommendations no matter your age and taste. And if you already know what you want, just place an order online for delivery at nextchapterbooksellers.com. And don't forget, they sell a wide variety of puzzles and games that make great indoor activities for the entire family. Located off Snelling and Grand in St. Paul and at nextchapterbooksellers.com. 
End-of-life decisions are not easy to make. Hi, I'm Mary T. of Mary T. Hospice Care. It's important to make sure that this difficult time is meaningful and comforting to you and your loved ones. Our hospice team provides an individualized program of physical, emotional, spiritual, and practical care so your loved one is comfortable and not in pain. At Mary T. Hospice, we understand that choosing the right hospice care provider can be overwhelming. But we're here to assist you. Learn more today at MaryTInc.com. The new year is here, and it's time to take advantage of Zero Res's best deal of the year. Carpets, tile, rugs, upholstery, basically every surface in your home can be Zero Resified, so it's time to call the cleaning pros at Zero Res. And don't forget your air ducts to help alleviate allergies and asthma. And it's also important to enjoy less dust, lower energy bills, and your home staying cleaner longer. Zero Res is here to protect your biggest investment, your home. Why pay someone to clean your carpet if they are going to leave something behind that makes it dirty again super fast? Zero Res is the longest lasting and best clean. Schedule your appointment at ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-ZERO-RES and don't forget to ask for the AM950 special. This month, book and clean in January only and get 23% off all services for 2023. That's 952-ZERO-RES or Backward or forward spells the same. Zero Res. This is Ross Stadheim, partner at MJSB Employment Justice. At our firm, we specialize in cases where our clients tried to do the right thing by reporting illegal or unethical conduct and were demoted or fired. There are laws in place that protect people like you who tried to do the right thing by reporting a problem but were retaliated against. At MJSB Employment Justice, we are fearless advocates who will protect your rights and obtain justice, whether it be a Fortune 500 company or something smaller. Be heard. You deserve better. Contact us today at MJSBJustice.com. Hey, Minnesota, it's Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and host of the Bradcast. Weeknights at 7 on AM 950. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612 919 5526. 612 919 5526 or autotech.org. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 17, then cloudy on Saturday with a high of 29. For more than 40 years, the Great Wall Restaurant has been serving up Szechuan and Mandarin favorites. The Great Wall is located just north of 50th in France on the Minneapolis Edina City Line. Check them out at greatwallrestaurant.us. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion's brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Uh, they've been sponsoring this show for over six years, and we just want to give them a quick shout-out. Shout-out. Um, we are here. This is a special edition of Native Ritz Radio tonight. It's a free Leonard Peltier update, and we're with Leonard Peltier's lawyer. And um, also, we're here with Rachel Thunder. And Rachel, I wanted to ask you too what what inspired you um, to really move this? I know people talk about it and and feel about it, but. You've been, uh, the last year or two, you've been really a big doer in this Free Leonard Peltier movement. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Kevin, I was, you know, born into the movement, you know, with my family. And um, I grew up hearing, you know, the stories of what happened and the history of it and all of the events leading up to and the status of Leonard in his case. And, you know, so... Um, I was always exposed to it. Um, But, you know, about two and a half years ago, um, I started having these dreams about Elder Peltier. Um, And, you know, I I would have, I had one and then I would have another and they kept, they kept coming and all of the dreams were the same. I would always be, 
in Leonard's prison cell with him. And he would be sitting on his bed with his, with his face in his hands. Um, and he wouldn't say anything to me. Um, and I would be locked in there with him, you know, like the, the cell door would be shut. And I would always say, I would say to him, you know, don't, don't worry. Uh, your people haven't forgotten about you. Don't worry. Your people are coming to get you. And so all these dreams, you know, they kept coming. And so um, I prayed about them and brought the dreams into different ceremonies. And um, it was through those those dreams and those prayers and those ceremonies that um, that's how the walk came to be. You know, the prayer walk that uh, I led this fall from Minneapolis to Washington, D.C. And um, there's been a lot of uh, momentum, I feel, here in the last two to three years that hasn't been here maybe in the more recent decade, maybe since the 90s that you brought up earlier. Um, You know, and after the walk and, um, you know, after, you know, Kevin's been involved now with the case um, for you know, several years. Um, there's a lot of momentum going on. There was a, you know, the letter that came out of the U.S. Senate with a lot of senators signing on to that letter. Um, after the walk, we met with a lot of those different um, offices while we were there in D.C. at the end. Um, you know, Kevin was there in those meetings. I was there. Um, you know, members of the Leonard Paltier Defense Committee were there. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of and I still feel that um, that call or, you know, that that spirit of those dreams, you know, that Leonard is going to be released, that his people are coming to get him and that this work continues on. Even though the walk is done, it doesn't mean that that prayer ended. Right, exactly. Well, that walk, really, it, it's, it's you don't want to... Uh, underestimate the importance of that walk too, right? It's part of this keeping Leonard's name out there, but it drew an attention to this. And I think it's part of why we feel things seem to be moving now like they have not, certainly in decades. Um, because there were there were hundreds out there. Rachel probably has a better idea of the number, but as I looked out, there were hundreds who showed. And it just was a was an incredible visual but also renewed energy in the move to get Leonard out. And, and we went and met with members on Capitol Hill. They had heard about this. They knew about the walk. They knew about the, the, the energy that was coming to, to this, this effort to get Leonard free. Right. And you can't, there's still people and there's still politicians, right. They understand there's this, there's also this sense of let's get out in front of this parade. Um, you know, and, and make sure that we're on the right side of history here. They see the movement. And so it makes it easier for the politicians to come on board. Not that they don't feel this sense of justice, um, but it also helps when you're going, okay, the people want this and people are willing to, to listen and hear this story. And I think it's also really important when someone like Colleen Rowley comes out, the former FBI agent, you know, retired FBI agent, who's willing to be honest about that organization, right? It's, it's an important organization, but it's also got these incredible flaws and those flaws have hurt people. We've got to talk about that. We can't make it better if we don't talk about it. It's the same, you know, Robert, you mentioned George Floyd, right? We, we have to talk about those things or we cannot solve those problems. And they are huge problems. You can't ignore them. You can't ignore Leonard Peltier and why he's there. You can't ignore the things that led up to everyone being in that place at that time and, and why there were three individuals killed there that day. And, you know, Joe Stunts, the young Native American, often gets lost in this story, but he lost his life too that day. And his family still has to live with that pain. So we can't forget about that. And we've got to talk about that or we cannot solve this problem. 
Mm -hmm. Well, you know, really good point. And I don't know, Mark or Rachel, if you can see the question that's up there. Pretty interesting. I'll just read it with the interview of the former FBI special agent. What are your takeaways that could directly or indirectly impact the uh, expendency of Leonard's release? Uh, also, has there been any word regarding the petition for clemency? clemency? Thank you so much for that great question. So I'll start with the second question first. That's a black box at the Department of Justice, right? So within the, the Department of Justice, there's a civil division and a criminal division. The criminal division houses the pardon attorney's office, but it also houses the FBI, the U.S. attorney's offices, and the Bureau of Prisons. And it just becomes this black box. And so we know the petition is there. Every time something like this comes out, it gives me another opportunity to engage with the pardon attorney's office to make sure they know um, that uh, Agent Rowley has come out in support of clemency, to make sure they know uh, there was uh, this massive walk and the number of people that came and supported that. So it gives me an opportunity to stay on top of them and let them know the world is not forgetting what's happening here. So on that piece, we can only know so much about where it is. Um, the importance though of, of agent Rowley coming out and coming out now is really can't be overstated because she understands the inside of that organization and she's willing to talk about it, right? Someone needs to say, this is a vendetta and, and right. We have to remember and when I was on the bench, I would do this all the time, right? Police officers would come in and they would testify and there would be a jury instruction to say, don't, don't over, uh, don't add any extra importance to what they say just because they wear a uniform. They're still people and you have to judge them as people, right? They don't get any special benefit or any extra, you know, uh, benefit of the doubt because they're law enforcement. That's not how it works. And we do have to understand the FBI is made up of people and those people can do, not all of them, certainly not all of them, can do bad things, can do something that's wrong, do something, although they are charged with ensuring justice. They do things because uh, of a misplaced loyalty, of a misguidedness, and that's what Agent Rowley can shine a light on. And that's what, when you've got the pardon attorney's office over there on the criminal division, to let them know it's okay for us to, to recognize the flaws in the system. And it's okay to take use this process to correct that. And it doesn't mean everybody gets wiped out and they're all terrible and, you know, get rid of the FBI because they did this terrible thing. What it says is, they are human beings who are capable of doing really bad things. And we can't ignore it. We can't look away. We can't hide it. We can't become part of this code of silence. We have to expose it. We have to shine a light on it. We have to do better. And we have to fix things where we can. And that's why Agent Rowley is so important. And there's a great book out there. It really helped me kind of um, come to terms with this code of silence, right? It causes, some agent does a bad thing, plants evidence, hides evidence as they did in Leonard's case. And then there becomes this misplaced loyalty where good agents will then participate in that or ignore that. And, you, and you, that's what you have to fight. And that's why Leonard's case becomes even more important. The loyalty shouldn't be to the organization, the loyalty is to justice and ultimately their loyalty has to be to the constitution. That's the oath they took. That's the oath that I took. The oath is to, you know, to support and defend the constitution, not to make sure that I can hide the misconduct of my, of my fellow officers. That's not how it works. The system falls apart if you do that. You know, we have like less of a, a minute in this segment and I'm wondering, um, does it matter that a lot of these FBI agents are retired now and that we have a new breed of people? Or does that code uh, overlap uh, generations of workers? Well, you know, it's interesting because Rowley 
addresses that. And you and really, I can't, you know, I want to make sure people know you got to go to Nick's interview of her. The Guardian article is great, but an article can only go so far. Nick spends an hour and a half with the agent rally. And she really gets into this and gets into other things, like COINTEL Pro and these kind of things. Um, but, you know, what she says is that they get indoctrinated into this case. So the FBI's version, which is completely false, I've, I've read it, they're still spouting it today, is just wrong. But they indoctrinate new agents coming in into this false narrative. And mm-hmm. so they then misunderstand something that happened 25, 30, 50, in this case, 50 years ago. Well, this is riveting, and I hope you guys don't mind uh, stay on one more segment, last segment here, because uh, th- this is just getting deeper and deeper for me. Uh, uh, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Special Edition, uh, Free Leonard Pell Tier Update, and we're with Kevin Sharp and Rachel Thunder, and we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Get vaccinated while discovering the inspiring work of Native American STEM professionals. The Department of Indian Work St. Paul will host a COVID vaccine clinic on Saturday, January 28th at the Science Museum of Minnesota's Native American STEM Day. Get your shot while enjoying a live DJ, activities, STEM student-led panels, galleries, and exhibitors. Plus, get $50 of gift card incentives when you get vaccinated. So let's get vaccinated and celebrate Native Americans in STEM on Saturday, January 28th from 11 to 4 at the Science Museum of Minnesota. Admission is free. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Yes, welcome back. This is a special edition of Native Roots Radio, free Leonard Peltier update. I'm here with Rachel Thunder and Kevin Sharp, and uh, this has been a riveting show for me, and I hope a lot of our listeners, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, uh, have gotten a lot of great information uh, about this and how uh, deep this goes. This is We talk a little bit about, you know, this is about Leonard Peltier and Native Americans, but it's also about liberty and justice for all. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to make that a cliche, but it, it's really, you know, being indoctrinated, like you said, Mark, uh, that during the interview that, uh, that would, that, uh, he had, uh, that's, uh, that kind of blows my mind, but it does make sense too. No, that's right. I mean, as, as agent rally talks about, um, you know, they would have, uh, sessions, to give their uh, their version of events that day, showing you know autopsy photos and and photos from the shootout that right are going to have um, this visceral effect 
right? They're meant to have that effect. It's why when I was on the bench, you really had to be careful on whether you gave those kind of photos, but it, because it causes an irrational reaction. And that's what it was meant to do. Now, sometimes a photo might be important for the jury to see, but usually not. You didn't need to see, uh, you know, a, a dead body because that leads you to think emotionally, right? I want to, I want to, you know, send someone to prison for that. Anyone, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. And so, you know, you're absolutely right. And it does sound kind of a little cliche and it's, you know, is this not some kind of Superman episode, but liberty and justice for all equal protection under the law, they mean things. Mm -hmm. Those are those are real phrases that have real effects mm -hmm. on the lives of real people. And we cannot forget that. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, exactly. and if this can happen to Leonard, if they can do this and do it, you know, not in the a spotlight, but do this behind the scenes, then they can do this to anyone. Mm -hmm. And and the entire system then begins to crumble. Yeah. Say, uh, Rachel, when you were in Washington meeting with the politicians, what, what was their response? Because I know when we had the presidential, first Native American presidential forum in Iowa, I was down there and uh, we did a live show there. And But I we had an opportunity to vet and ask questions for all the politicians that were running for president. And I just said two words, Leonard Peltier. And believe it or not, 80% of the uh people ran did know who he was but uh they kind of mumbled stumbled their way through the response um i would say that in our meetings the majority of the individuals in the meetings were educated on who leonard paltier was they might have not known all of the um facts of the cases um of the case regarding leonard paltier but they knew who leonard was they knew that we had been doing the walk um and you know we we had these meetings scheduled so of course they had time to kind of prepare and educate themselves but then you know there were those that didn't know but when once you get into the history and the context and the continued injustice and what it means for our people and for all people um, you know, then you get some eyebrows raised, you know, there's some looks of surprise of, of how this injustice continues in a system that's supposed to ride on justice. Um, you know, and there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up. Um, I know that we had mentioned people writing their, their representatives, senators, the White House. I want to also urge, um, you know, uh, enroll, tribally enrolled members to reach out to your nation and encourage, um, you know, the different nations, those federal nations to write letters to the White House, um, you know, from their sovereignty advocating for the release of Leonard Peltier. And then I also wanted to touch a little bit on um, Colleen Rowley's um, interview that you know, what happened with Nick Essies. And I encourage everybody to go and watch that, go watch that hour and a half interview because there's a lot of information in there. But one of the main takeaways for, from that for me was, you know, she was with the FBI as a field agent here in Minneapolis for, I believe, 23 or 25 years before mm -hmm. she retired. And she talked a little bit about like the co-intel pro days and then how it has resurfaced over the years, given whatever political reason comes up to kind of reinstate it and the, the messiness and the injustice that comes with co-intel pro. And there's a lot of people that say that that doesn't exist or those kind of things don't exist anymore. But, you know, at the, I think at the beginning of the walk here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Star Tribune wrote an article and the retired FBI Association provided comment against <laughs> Leonard Paltier's release. Um, so it goes right along with right back in the day when she was saying that, you know, her bosses were writing op-eds against the clemency of Leonard Paltier. Um, you know, and touches too on what Kevin was saying, you know, what she mentioned in that interview that, you know, when they were in training there, at, um, you know, when she was in training to be an FBI agent that on days when they couldn't go outside because the weather was too bad, they would have 
workshops or lectures specifically on the FBI's narrative regarding Leonard Peltier and that it would be constantly brought up at conferences and those kind of things and that it continued on like throughout her career. So like creating this narrative and this um, blinding group loyalty to what is right and wrong. And what we're asking for is to right this wrong that has gone on now for nearly 50 years. And, you know, that's something that the Biden administration has, you know, ran on since the beginning, since, you know, since he was running for presidency is righting these wrongs of the past. You know, he talked a lot about that when George Floyd was murdered here in Minneapolis. This is a this is a wrong that needs righted and it should have never happened. We shouldn't even be sitting here having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, so we're down to uh, two minutes here. Kevin, I want to give you an uh, opportunity, uh, one minute here to uh, just give a quick, I don't know, plea or anything you'd like to say in this last minute. And then I'll go to Rachel and then the show will be over. This was just an awesome show. And I really appreciate Rachel um, staying in touch with this with me with this such important, uh, uh, this important deal here. It's just and so Kevin, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for having us on and, and letting us continue to talk about Leonard. It's such an important issue. You know, the biggest thing is, we, as we talked about these narratives, the FBI has their narrative and it goes unchallenged even by the media until, until recently that, um, you know, the, the, the newspapers will report about this and then say, you know, Leonard Peltier, Native American who was convicted of murdering two FBI agents. You, you know, you got to dig a little deeper. That's lazy because that's not what he was convicted of right. initially. But once it was discovered that the that they knew he had not shot those agents, they knew it when they tried him. They hid the evidence of that, that that's not the narrative, but it's the one that the FBI continues to push the White House and our senators, your congressmen need to know that that is not the narrative, that the people out here care about Leonard, they care about the truth, and they care about justice. Please, you know, help free Leonard Peltier. That's what everyone can do. And, and I, I beg people to do that. Don't walk away and go around. Robert had a really interesting show. Uh, now, you know, What's on what's on CBS tonight? Can't do that. Please uh, pick up pick up the phone, you know, type out an email. Rachel, 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. It's, it's all <laughs> that was good. good. Um, no, I would say like let's keep this momentum going. Let's keep this momentum going. That was with the walk, the letter from the House, from the letter from the senators, from the human uh, from the Human Rights Commission. United from the ex-prosecutor, from, you know, this call Powell interview, and let's keep the pressure and if you can, you can make it on February the 6th here at the Federal Courthouse in Minneapolis. You've been listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Free Leonard Peltier now.